Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I have been waiting to release this episode since we recorded it. It is such a good one. We've got one of those just fucking healed and healthy men on the show today, which we love. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Y'all, it is not often that I go on as a guest to someone else's podcast and I end up just loving their energy so much that I want to bring them on FML Talk. It has happened a few times, but I can count those times on one hand. And today's guest is no exception. Like I normally get on an intro, the guest, and I'll be like, this is what we're going to talk about in the episode. But today I just kind of want you to go in blind because that's how I went into this interview. Normally I go in with like some talking points and like, what do I want to ask about them? And I know their story really well. But I just wanted to go on and have an open and honest conversation about really what it means to just be a good man in this world and like get his story. He's such a interesting and knowledgeable human that I just really took to his energy when I went on his show. And it really spoke volumes to me. And I knew that I wanted to bring him on. You know that I love bringing on men that have their shit together, that have done the work that have gone through the ringer and come out the other side like fucking champions. And uh, this one is no exception. So I hope you guys enjoy today's conversation with Trey. Trey Downs, welcome to FML Talk. I'm so excited to have you here. I am excited to be here. It's finally happened Uh, after a couple of new schedules. I mean, this is... I mean, we were like the planets were like something needs to happen in their lives before they connect. So I'm interested to see where this conversation takes us. Um, I came on your awesome podcast, Yourself, and it's not often that I go on people's podcasts and am so taken aback by the host that I'm like, I need to have them on my show. No pressure. <laughs> the pressure that you put on me, right? Like uh I had to go I repainted my office because like I was like, oh man, my office like sucks. It's like oh, it's stop. so cluttered and it has to be perfect for Gabrielle because she's putting so much pressure on me. Oh um, my god. <laughs> she's like make sure you have a make sure you have a the perfect mic, the perfect background, the perfect office space and uh make sure you look good so like i went and you know made sure i got a fresh cut and uh, stop it you make me sound like a fucking tyrant people (laughs) are gonna be like wow what a bitch she is (laughs) i love it um so normally when i have a guest on i do some research i like have some questions put together but what i loved so much about when i came on your show is our conversation was like very free-flowing and 
maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but the essence that I got from you from our conversation through a Zoom screen was that you as a man have done a lot of work and growth on yourself individually. And I really always gravitate towards those men because I think our society today, especially a lot of my audience who are women who have been fucked over by men, think that there's no good men in the world. And, you know, there's so many stigmas around what being a man means. So I love to bring my fiance on the show. I love to bring some of my really good guy friends who I know are on their, you know, spiritual path and have really done the work. And that's one of the things that drew me towards you to to bring you on and kind of share a little bit about what your journey's been like thus far. So can you give everybody a little bit of a background as to just who you are as a human? Sure. Yeah. Like the most loaded question ever. <laughs> it's like, what What are you? Um, <laughs> I've been down so many different paths, you know, as a, as a, as a young man, as a younger man, I didn't really know who I was. Like I was a follower. I would um, fall into uh, probably into that jock category athlete. I would try to please my peers by being something that I, I wasn't, you know, tough, um, intimidating, stoic. And I just had that natural look, right? That stoic look, but deep down, I'm very sensitive. And I never really saw it as like a superpower, really. Right. Mm. Like now that I've done the work and I haven't finished the work, right? Like I've just scratched the surface of the shadow. I've accepted that I'm very sensitive to things, energies and people and just situations in general. Um, and, I, and I've allowed myself to feel every bit of that. And it's okay. Like I'm a father of three and I'm a husband. And although those are just labels, right? I, I find myself resonating with those, those energies um, on, a, on a higher frequency than I used to, like as a younger man, like the way that I perceive them, right? Like I had this idea, this image of what that should look like. And it was very superficial. Like, I don't know how to explain it other than I didn't take it as serious as roles. Maybe it's because of my upbringing or programming or um, just my experience and relationships with my father, my grandfather, my parents. But I just kind of looked at it as, you know, you go to work, you do your job and they love us by providing for us. Um, mm. There wasn't too much more to that, really. I mean, yeah, they loved us. I knew that. Right. But I I didn't have those conversations with them and which ultimately led me to uh, follow their in their footsteps career wise in the transportation industry. And, you know, I'm starting to find out more of who I am right now and what that means. And the sensitivity part has played a role in that has allowed me to connect with my wife on a different level, my, my children on a different level, with you on a different level, uh, with my guests on a different level allows me to be vulnerable in moments and speak my truth and love on a whole different level. Like I didn't know what love was like my entire life, really. You know, like I thought mm -hmm. it was things like materials. Like if I went right. and bought you something that would show how much I loved you and it doesn't at all. Like I don't even think words do it like justice, really. It's like, it's like resonating, like in the, in the room, like being there, like looking someone in in the eyes and, Making yourself like if you cry, you cry like it, it, whatever, right? Like my kids, 
allowing them to see me for who I am, like in my weakest moments, like mm. 100%, right? And yeah. letting go of that, that idea that we have to be these strong, dominant males and we're not allowed to cry and we're not allowed to make mistakes and we have to be strong for our families. Right. Yeah. And I think that, God, there's so much to unpack in like what you just said. So I want to go back to you saying that you were that stoic guy growing up and very, you know, kind of like the typical jock. Was that something in your household that made it like men aren't supposed to be sensitive, don't cry? Or was that more of like a societal thing that you picked up on? That was more or less protection for myself. Like I grew up in a, in Delaware and <laughs> for those public school kids, like the school bus rides are like a whole different animal and mm -hmm. for protection, like I had to be something that I wasn't right. Like people would make fun of you. People would pick on you. It was, just, it was rough on that bus. And I just remember just being made fun of and like my defense mechanism was, you know, I don't like the way this makes me feel just being a sensitive guy, like highly sensitive. So I would create a persona that was for my defense, right? For my protection mm, of like, yeah. I'm going to get you before you get me. And that just carried on throughout school and in my life. And if I disconnected with that sensitive part of myself, then that just created a shield for me not to feel anything. And I wouldn't have to feel bad, really. You know, it's like kind of a disassociation with like true reality almost. It was like, yeah, absolutely. And how did that, how did that manifest itself in your relationships when you were growing up, like in your younger years? Was it that you were like, I'm going to bone out of this relationship the second I think someone's going to hurt me or it gets too serious? Uh, the first couple of like real serious relationships. Um, I had a high school girlfriend and we went together for the last two years of my high school uh, career and then like a year or two in college, then she left, right? She did her own thing. We grew apart. And then I met my college uh, girlfriend and then she left. And then that kind of like those two leaving me like kind of set me up for like, I'm, I don't want to feel this again, right? Like I don't want to yeah. feel this pain again. So like, again, I'm pushing people away and creating an exterior, like a wall, a shield for people to not get too close to me and not wear my heart on my sleeve and be my authentic self. So which didn't allow me to be the authentic Trey or the real me really. Right. Which has created a lot of work for my wife because <laughs> <You know? laughs> she has to break down a lot of layers and we've had to go, you know, we've been married, we've been together 15 years. We've been married 11. And that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of work and she is the most loyal woman I've ever met in my life because I'm not an easy guy to be with. You know, I can be very selfish. And I can be very, I can feel a certain way and not know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know how to communicate clearly. I don't know how to bring it to her in a, in a place, in a safe place and be able to communicate that clearly. Instead, I'll just let it bother me and bother me and bother me and not talk about it. And so like it's, it dis, it's displayed in my actions. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, it creates this environment of, um, negativity around me unless like I'm conscious to it where I can, you know, it's kind of like your blind spots, you know, you don't really right. know you have it. It's like your programs are running. You don't really know they're running. So what happens is you start, um, 
behaving in certain ways that are offensive to your family members and you don't really realize it. And so mm-hmm. um, knowing that I'm safe to have these conversations and that she's not going to leave me. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, because the, the girlfriend in high school and the girlfriend in college, like that's a pattern of them leaving you and that, that instills a fear of abandonment in you, which we all know, I know fucking so well. And that's a hard thing to overcome and to think, okay, I'm safe with this person to let my guard down and they're not going to leave right when I think everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you create this, I'm not going to be who I want to be, or I'm not going to be who I truly am which is a very sensitive guy and I have to create this persona and I have to be this way and I'm not going to let anyone in. And so I'm going to drink. I'm going to go out. I'm going to party. I'm going to do what I have to do. And like, which I resonated with your book very much. So because it was like, mm-hmm. I'm the male version of that. And I think a lot of guys are like that. They're very similar to that where they, they've been yeah. hurt and they're not facing that hurt and they're not diving into it. And instead what they're doing is numbing it with alcohol and going out and giving their gift, right? They're, their 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 parts of themselves their most intimate part part of themselves uh with other women and um not really sharing it with someone special and and making themselves vulnerable to share it with someone meaningful and to experience the gifts and the the interactions that brings into a relationship Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. How do you think your wife, obviously, because you've been together for 15 years, married for 11, how do you think when you fall back into those moments of not being able to communicate, not being able to come and bring your feelings in a safe space, and then it starts coming out in negative actions, how has she been able to deal with that? And how have you guys as a couple worked on that specific issue to to rectify it and grow from it yeah she just calls me out of my shit you know like she would, <laughs> she's like what the fuck bro <laughs> yes yes it's like a, a monthly like battle of um you know especially with the podcast and me going back to school and and like i get into my she just she's such a, a great woman and 
she'll just kind of, she'll get fed up with it and she'll just bring it to my attention. And if it doesn't result in a fight, right? Like if it doesn't, if she doesn't, uh, you know, bring it to my attention before that, usually she'll just lead, like give me little, little clues to what's going on. And if I don't pick up on the clues and usually we'll kind of, uh, you know, we'll have an argument, which, which turns into me apologizing a thousand times and saying, I'm, you know, you're right. You're totally right. But what has led me to be more conscious of this is like through my spirituality, through my meditation of truly like seeing like the play that's in front of me, really, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the programming that I've had and being able to be the observer in, in situations and not get sucked into the drama. So my, my spirituality, my growth, my evolution as, as consciousness has really, really helped me in having those conversations with her because I can take a step back and be the observer in the moment and not be so attached to some of the emotions and see them as fleeting, right? And right. know that there's something, a deeper meaning behind that, right? You talked about uh, uh, some of the therapy, therapy modalities that have helped you over the years. And um, the, I've, you know, I've just started working with um, some of the parts therapy and realizing that there's different parts of us that come up in different situations. Um what was the other therapy you were talking about? The child therapy where you're taught, you speak to the, the oh, younger version of yourself? Yeah, your little child. And I think that's even the parts therapy. It's I think it's kind of similar um, where if you're in a situation and you're in reaction, sometimes that's not necessarily Gabrielle, the 34-year-old mature woman that's in reaction. It's Gabrielle, the six-year-old little girl whose dad left her and died. And that's who is coming out and screaming and being reactive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing, right? Like when I, when we get triggered, it's usually the kid in us, right. usually, you know, yeah. uh, fighting for something, you know, it could be the 16 year old Trey that is upset because I've never gotten over my ex-girlfriend leaving me, or it could be the five-year-old Trey who uh, is upset because my dad never took me fishing, right? Like it's, it's that you see it like whenever you, I just related to is if I'm getting triggered, I mean, it's definitely a different part of me in the past that is coming up right now that I haven't dealt with. And, yeah, you know, it's a it's a lifelong um, journey. It's a lifelong uh, attempt to heal parts of you that come up in everyday life. If you're not aware of that, then you just kind of think something's wrong with you. You know, yeah. that's why that's why I love being sensitive because I I can feel that stuff more, and I and and I'm mo I'm more aware to the work that I have to do on myself. Yeah, and like being in tune with you. I, I don't know if you're going to have an answer to this question, because even as I'm formulating it in my head, I'm like, that's a hard fucking question. But here we go. So uh, people have asked when Tay, my fiance, comes on to the show, how did he get like that? Like, how is he so emotionally intelligent? How is he so sensitive? How is he so like caring? Um, my other really good friend, Christopher McNeely, that we had on the podcast in season three, like when he speaks, you can just tell like, he's so fucking evolved. Like if you put you or either of these other men in a room with like 10 other guys, like it would probably be silly. Because these a lot of other men would be standing there and like not know how to vocalize their feelings, not even know what a little child being reactive would mean. So how did you get there? Was there like an aha moment? Was it just a progressive way of like, you woke up one day and you're like, I got to start 
healing and fixing my shit. Like, how did you get to be the man that you are now? Mm, a lot of fucking up. I could tell you that. Um, <laughs> reading your book, Gabrielle, reading your book. Uh, <laughs> right, right. I'll take that credit. Thank you. <laughs> the pandemic, really? You know, mm. like staying centered in all that chaos and like being curious about who we truly are inside and not uh, buying into a lot of the fear that was external of me and diving deep into who I am and through meditation and through breathing techniques and um, just journeying on that, on the scene we are, you know, and not trying to buy into much of the external narrative that's going on, right? Like not what the world wants Trey to be, but who the, who the fuck am I? You know, mm. what is this? Where are these thoughts coming from that are in my, in my mind? Like what, what are the emotions really coming from? And like diving deep into that and not being, and not being afraid of what the answers that come up might be, you know, and mm. looking at the shadow and not being afraid of it, but I'm still fucking afraid of it, you know? Cause like there's parts where I'll have deep meditations and I'll have like a, a pretty scary, um, you know, realization where I'll have a an experience where I'm not in control and I don't know where it's going to take me. And it's it's and what's going to come up, you know, what's going to what's going to happen up? Am I suppressing memories that I don't remember? Like, you know, that kind of that those kind of thoughts come up and it's like mm -hmm. freeing myself to be open to whatever fucking comes up and then allowing it and then you know, healing that, whatever it is, right? Just being open to the healing process. And I know I, you know, and I'm, some people might be like, well, he talks a good game, but I'm, I'm being honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect, right? Like I still battle with that kind of shit. And I battle with the type of dad that I want to be. I still feel guilty about, you know, doing interviews like this and doing my interviews about uh, consciousness and spirituality and because I'm not hanging out with my kids, but I feel like this work is important because like they can listen to it when they get older. Like right. this work yeah. is very important to me because I feel like if they hear me, you know, talk about this with you on your show and be vulnerable and be open to whatever happens and whatever comes out of my mouth, like whatever they're experiencing in their lives, they can fall back on this and listen to it and be, you know, you know, they might be like high school kids and be like, I'm not going to listen to my dad. But at some point in their life, they might have a realization that the guy might have known a little bit about, about what he was talking about and can relate to that later in life. That's why I told my wife, I was like, if anything ever happens to me, like, just make sure my RSS feed is good to go. Like, just uh, <laughs> let my kids listen to this shit. And, you know, you might not have to listen to it. You might not want to listen to it, but just allow it for them, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just different because like, you know, just through my research, you know, with near death experiences and talking to your mother um, about her journey. Like there's so much more to reality than what we think. And I'm just so curious about what it is, you know, like what are we truly down underneath? And I think a lot of that questioning has helped me realize, you know, some of the patterns that come up in me, you know, like some mm -hmm. of the reactions, you know, that are programs that I see in my environment, how people react. And I think that's how we're supposed to react. Right. Not really taking a thought or not really questioning or why I'm, I'm reacting that way. Mm. And I know that, I don't know if any of this makes sense. I'm just. No, it I'm, all does very I'm much. I'm just so. feeling in the moment and I'm just allowing what comes up.
Yeah. And that's about being present and being vulnerable, which I don't think enough people do. I think so many times when people are in a conversation, they're so focused on what they're going to say and not taking in what the other person is saying. Or if they sit down to do an interview, it's like, what does this look like on the outside? How can I like make people see me in a certain way? And I think that it takes away from our human experience when we don't allow ourselves to drop in and to be vulnerable and to be present in those moments that we're having. I haven't had a man on this show who has read my book who I didn't know previously. So the men that have come on the podcast um, who have read my book all knew me personally in some capacity. So I'm interested to find out when you, before we did my interview on your podcast and you you read Eat, Pray, FML, what was that like from the male experience? I was so I was just fascinated with your ability to throw yourself in a situation that um, like going to Europe, right? Like most people, I don't know if most people would do that, really, mm-hmm. especially by themselves. And I think taking that leap of faith, that, that following that instinct of going there right after getting dumped, you know, like following that curiosity of where it's going to go, following the signs of the universe and where it's going to take you, like that curiosity was like, you know, I had to take a step back and be like, here's another explorer. Here's another person mm. just like me that wants to find the answers. You know, that when the universe whispers to you through synchronicities, you know, dates, you know, like yep. your father's death, you know, your wedding yeah. date, you have to fucking go. Like you yes. have to, you have to listen, like wake the fuck up. Right? Like, because that trip, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like that trip was, man, it's taking your life in so many different directions or oh, in a new direction. Completely, completely changed my life. You'll love this. We had um, a woman on the uh, podcast a couple months ago and she reads soul contracts. So she takes your name and she like looks at the vibrations and basically reads your soul's purpose. And we were talking about how before we come down to earth, um, you know, if you're up in heaven, wherever you believe, whatever, um, you're all kind of sitting in this amphitheater with a bunch of other souls and you all have these contracts of like, okay, you're going to help me learn this lesson. You're going to be this person to me. We're going to have a karmic relationship. You know, it's all like pre pre pre-decided, pre-organized and you come down to earth. And when these synchronicities are happening, you know, people call them signs from the universe, whatever. Those are really things that are making sure you're not going to miss this opportunity. So it was like, okay, we're going to send her this dude and she's going to really like him. So she'll probably say yes to going on the trip. But just to make sure, let's like throw in two dates that are like inarguable. So she'll just be like, oh my God, it's a sign and definitely go. And you're so right when you say like those synchronicities are whispers from the universe that like, this is the path. Go follow that shit because there's some epic reward at the end. Yeah, epic as shit, right? And you know, what if what if Javier is like really like this higher being that out of out of out of his love for you did this to you, right? And for those who haven't read the book, right? Like I know I'm not giving much detail on that, but I'm pretty sure everyone's read it. He's listening to this podcast, but like even 
like your biggest like arch nemesis in your life, right? Like yep. what if they're your most loving supporter on the other side and they're they've yes. come here they've come here to be the asshole and to be the you know, the jerk and to be the pain in the ass boss and you know, oh my God, you dude! Stand. You guys, I swear to God, Trey has not listened to the episode with Geliana because when we are recording this right now, it has not aired yet. That's literally everything she was saying. She was like, the villains in your life are your biggest cheerleaders that are here to help you fulfill your soul's destiny. And it's, for me, it was so validating and gave so much peace around like fucked up shit's not just happening to us like to happen to us and like it's not just bad luck like these these heartbreaks these uh the deaths in our life these these things that we come up against in life are actually things that our soul needs or is going to benefit from and it gives you a little bit of peace around it that it's like not just you know the shitty luck of the draw that all of this stuff is happening sure it's funny because um so i'm going back to school for psychology and i'm uh looking at psychotherapy and i just recently watched what everyone's been you know talking about with uh was phil stutz the documentary on netflix oh i haven't seen it the uh, jonah hill documentary oh yeah 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 i know it but i haven't seen it yet um, they, he talks about the tools that he, he uses uh, with his with his clients, and it gives them like real time help in the moment. Whenever they don't focus on the past, it, he gives them tools like, and it's very woohoo. It's, well, for me, I love it. Right, <laughs> the tools are actually helping you access higher forces and allowing mm. you to connect with that, and then bring that energy back into the moment so that you can deal with your depression or your anxiety or whatever the fuck you're going through. Oh, interesting. And um which psychotherapists don't do on a regular, like they're tabula rasas, like they're clean slates, they're a sounding board for you when you go into a session with them. Um, they mm -hmm. want you to find the answers for yourself. Yeah. And how where, do you feel about that? Yes, how, <laughs> tell me, how did you feel? It, it's never, it's never like their opinion about things. It's just like, you know, who, what, when, where, and why. And that's it. Right. 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 Um, I really connected with this because their, their point of view is that the universe God is putting you in this situation. And if you step back and look at it, look at it objectively, it wants you to succeed because when you succeed, God succeeds and it's evolution, mm -hmm. right? So it's a challenge for you. And when you look at it like that, it's no longer, oh, the universe is fucking against me. It's we're in this together. As long yeah. as I can connect with source, as long as I can connect with God, I can pull from this energy source and it's going to help me get through this and push through it. And so that's what he talks about with the tools. He's got a book out called The Tools, and there's like five tools in it that you can use immediately uh, to kind of help you push through that, that difficult situation. One of them that I really love is the outflow tool, which is the outflow tool. Outflow tool is when you can get really grateful about things in your life and like five things that you're grateful for. Not like crazy things, but like, you know, I'm here having a conversation with you. I love my kids. They're here. Um, mm -hmm. They're breathing. I'm breathing. And you, know, you start, you say five things like that. And then you start focusing in on the emotion of that gratefulness. And then all of a sudden your heart center lights up and you start flowing love. And you take that love and you focus in on the person that's creating havoc in your life or being difficult. And what that does is it gives you energy and it kind of 
changes how you view view that person. You just don't mm-hmm. see them as the villain anymore. You're kind of right. absorbed. You're absorbed in the universal love. And I know that sounds boohoo, but I mean that shit starts working. I mean, oh my god, read the book hugely. Yeah, man. I mean. I talk about all the time, like that forgiveness is so important, not because the other person necessarily deserves it, but because it's only hurting you within yourself and lowering your vibration. And if you can have the perspective of this person isn't a villain, they're not trying to like hurt me and and do all these horrible things to me. They're actually here to teach me a lesson and serve a purpose. I think it becomes a little easier to think about that person. And now instead of thinking about my asshole ex-husband that, you know, was fucking around on me and like disrespecting my body. Now I'm thinking about the person who was here to help me learn how to heal my abandonment shit and to make sure I'd never accepted anything below what I was worth and what I won't do again. And that person is easier to forgive than the other. Isn't that crazy? Like the the guy that you used to look at as that guy has given you the, the best gift that anybody's ever can, could give you. And it's that perspective. The biggest gift. I literally wake up in the morning and I'm like, thank you for my family. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I did not have kids with my ex-husband and that I got out of that scenario. Like it was the biggest gift of my life. Like I cannot wrap my head around the thought of what if I would have stayed in that marriage and been miserable, like where my life would be at this point. I would be in an abusive narcissistic relationship where I was not allowed to follow my dreams and I was damn sure not in the career that I'm in now. Like it would have been an entirely different life for me. And I'm so thankful. Mm. Mm. And where do you feel that at? Like, where do I feel in my yeah. body? Where do you oh feel my it God. in your body? It's interesting because normally when I would talk about like that thankful, that feeling, um, I would associate it with my heart center. But when I talk about it, I feel it like in the pit of my stomach. It's almost like my gut and my intuition being like, fuck yeah, we saw the signs, we followed the whispers, we got out. So it's like in that like that deep sacral energy, I feel. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah. When I feel great, like that gratefulness, that gratitude, I mean, I don't, it, my heart just fucking pours, you know, mm-hmm. like it just, and I'd never had that happen to me before. Like I remember Paul Selig is a good friend of mine. He's a channel, right? Um, I went to a live event in Baltimore. That's where I'm from. And my brother-in-law uh, had him come down and speak to his company. And they were totally the, like some of the people were some people were for it because they kind of got it. And then some of them were kind of like, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners and they didn't really get the channeling thing yet. Yeah. So we we're in there and we we're having the live event and he started channeling just some of the information he was talking about. You know, like one of his famous lines is what you damn damns you back. And and he was talking about love and I felt something in my chest that I've, I've never felt before. I felt it. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I, and I was having like two beers and I was like, I'm not drunk, <laughs> but what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like I, that's, that's where I was. Like, I was that guy who was drinking beers every weekend with his buddies, talking about sports, watching NFL, like Orioles, Ravens, like just 
trying to distract myself with all that shit. And then slowly my heart was opening and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And now I'm just so open to my body and to the experience that I can't believe that I was scared of this, you know? Right, right. Like now once once the feeling is there and you can tap into that love place and it really opens the floodgates, it's like, oh, I want to live there all the time. Like, mm-hmm. that's like the yummy, you know, gooey place that I want to be in all the time. And I feel like circling way back to, you know, why there's a large majority of men out there who have that stoic, be a man, don't be sensitive, is because it's so scary to let that guard down, to let your heart finally get to that place that it's like, oh, let's just hold it at bay with everything we have. And if if people could be courageous enough to be vulnerable, to allow themselves to step into that place, it would change their life. And they'd be like, oh, fuck, why have I been living this way for X amount of years? Like that shit sucked compared to mm-hmm. this. Like it's a completely transformative experience. And I wish that that the, that there were more men and resources for men to help them get there initially, because I feel like once they're there, so many people would choose to stay. Sure. Well, I think there's a lot of, uh, thankfully, there's a lot of um, masculine guys that are doing the work, like Aubrey, yeah. right? Marcus, um, you know, his his community over there doing some of the work, the uh, sacred work that he's doing. and. You're seeing um, like Wim Hof with the breathing because like, you know, due to epigenetics, right? Like a lot of that, that trauma and programming is in through the body. So like when men feel that shit, right? Like we don't really know what that's from. We think it's from right. an, old fo- an old football wound or a sports <laughs> wound or some shit, you know, like, oh, it's the old knee acting up again. But in reality, right. <laughs> it's really, oh, it's my childhood trauma that I didn't know what the fuck that's about, you know? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the old neck. Oh, it's, you know, a stinger from back in the day. No, motherfucker. It's from when, you know, that, that girl dumped you in seventh grade for another dude. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, it's in the body. So we have to be first aware of that, right? And just, you know, instead of being scared and how it's going to make us look soft, you know, there's nothing more strong than a man who's aware of, who's aware of that, that emotion that's stuck, right? Like, Oh my God, there's nothing more attractive than a guy who is in touch. I won't even say a guy, a person who is in touch with their self and their soul and their feelings and like can genuinely and authentically communicate and be present with someone. There's nothing more attractive than that. I would, if you had that person standing in front of me and like the hottest man on the planet that just didn't want to look at his own shit and be vulnerable, I would 10 out of 10 pick the, pick the first, like Mm -hmm. without question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes like I see some of the like I follow you on Instagram and I love your account and I love I love the the content that you're putting out because I think it, it makes men realize, you know, it's, you know, all the, the triggered males out there that from your your content, right? Like it, it cracks me up because they're still living in that <laughs> in that lie. They're still living in that drama. They're still living in yeah. that play, right? And 
you're kind of poking the bear, right? They're, you know, they're, they're not, they're not seeing that they're, you're poking them and it, they're not, they're not liking what, what's showing up for them inside. Right. Um, yeah. they're, they're, you're forcing them to look inside and they're not, they're not liking it. So they're, you know, they're taking it out and lashing out and projecting themselves onto you. And which is, you know, it's a part of the path. I mean, like to your point about feeling the bliss in the heart center space, like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, on the flip side, there's always the dark days too, right? There's always the days that you're not going to feel that way. And I think that's life is just finding that balance and knowing that just because you can't see the sun doesn't mean it's not there. You know, like when it's a cloudy day yeah. and it's raining and shit, like I know LA, you guys have had a lot of rain recently, but it's LA, you know, it's going to be beautiful out right. there one day, right? Like you just got to keep doing the work on yourself and sticking with the meditation and sticking with, um, you know, exercise and, 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 um, you know, doing the things and using the tools that you have in your, in your, uh, arsenal to yeah. keep that perspective. Yeah. Self-love cocktail, baby. It's, it's yes. my, the quote that I always go back to is no matter how dark the tunnel seems at the time, like you crawling through the shit. Um, <laughs> it's a, I promise that there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to be more beautiful than you could ever imagine. So you just have to keep going. Yeah. And it's so very true. Trey, this has been so wonderful. I, I genuinely showed up to this interview and was like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about. I don't have a list of questions. We're going in blind. But I had this like utter faith in you that it was just going to be a really authentic, wonderful conversation. So thank you for being here and being open and honest. Can you tell everybody where they can find you and find the podcast? Because you do some really, really great interviews on there. Um, apart from, you know, our interview, my mom came on and I know she absolutely loved her conversation with you. So you have some really great guests and some really wonderful things to say. So I would love people to go check that out. Well, I want to say that it means a lot to me that you would help me and bringing, bringing me onto your platform to share my message and just kind of riff with me a little bit. I know it can be hard sometimes not to have an, an idea or um, a direction, but you, you know, you free flow like with the best of them. You can find me at treedowns.com and or YouTube. I just, I'm, I'm repositioning myself on YouTube now. I am, uh, uh, I started a new channel. It's going to be strictly videos. I used to do like two, uh, two videos, one audible only, and then one video. I'm now just sticking to the, to the video on YouTube. So just, uh, your superior self over there. And then the, the, the podcast is in, on all the platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple podcast, um, yeah, hit me up over there and, uh, yeah, I have some righteous guests and we have some pretty intimate conversations. Um, and it's not easy for me to, you know, share space sometimes, but I think it's important that people see the vulnerability and authenticity, um, that I put out there and the energy from that, I think, can help spark curiosity to like deeply explore who we truly are in this reality. Amen to that, dude. It might not be comfortable for you, but you're doing a damn good job. So Thank you for the the work you're putting out there. And thank you for being here with us today. Much love. Thank you so much, Gab. I want to thank Trey so much for coming on today and being vulnerable, sharing his truth. There was just so much goodness in this conversation. And it gives me so much hope when I see not even just men, just humans in general, like really doing the work and being self-aware and taking accountability for their shit and being good humans. Like I think if we could all just 
focus more on pointing the fingers back at ourselves and being like, what do I need to work on to be a better person to myself, to my family, to the world, to strangers, to any fucking person? The world would slowly and surely get a little bit more peace in it. I feel like we've been really blessed to have such great fucking men on this show, Trey, and obviously my husband, Tay, and Christopher McNeely, and Chris Heck. Like, we've had a lot of really great men on this show. Um, I'm also bringing Barrett Paul back for an episode that will be coming up in the future. You guys might remember him from an episode we did last season. Uh, He's just an incredible human. He's a male model turned activist and just a really fucking phenomenal person. And he has a new series all about how to raise good men. Um, And obviously, hello, I will be doing that quite soon. Um, So I wanted to bring him back on to really dig into that and discuss that. I know a lot of you listening to the show are raising men. Um, And if you're not raising one that you birthed, you're probably raising one that you're in a relationship with. (laughs) So it will be a good, good episode for everyone to listen to and for the men that listen to this show and tune into the show and that are showing up to do the work on themselves. It'll be a great episode for you to listen to as well. So I'm excited to bring you guys that. I love you so much. I will see you next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.